Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you. And we got a lot to get to. Brett, we have, uh, even though we're bowl season, we've got news for college football for next season. The opponents for the Memphis Tigers and the rest of the AAC came out today. We're also getting the schedule reveal for the SEC tonight. A two-hour special on ESPN to release um, the SEC schedule for this season. Some big college basketball news coming out today. Grizzlies in action. A lot to get to. But like I said, Bryant, Brett, and Johnny with you today. How you doing this afternoon, Brett? I'm doing well, Brian, and playing the villain tonight. Playing DB right. tonight in Houston. He's already gotten us. <laughs> I'm sorry. Once this year yeah. in I swear I ain't coughed all day. <laughs> and now I start. I, I can't stop. But uh, oh, man. but in Houston tonight, try to get a chance to get some revenge against him. And we will talk mm-hmm. uh, the Rockets and Grizzlies yeah. at 3.30 when we talk a lot of different subject matters with Chris Gordy mm-hmm. down in Houston. Yeah, we will. I mean, so we got a lot to get to today. And, uh, Brad, I do want to start with the opponents um, for the Tigers uh, and I guess the rest of the SEC. We can look around um, the conference, uh, excuse me, AAC, I should say, not SEC. We'll get that tonight. But um, and, and we know the non-conference in the, in the days right, for them. Right, absolutely. So uh, before the American, it was announced today uh, that uh, their opponents – for this season and for the Tigers this year, it was um, you know some really good games at home and and kind of easier on the road, and that's kind of flipped this season for the Tigers. There are four home games this year: UAB, Charlotte, North Texas, and Rice. We don't have dates yet; just opponents coming out today, and then on the road. Read those again. I'm sorry. Uh, home is going to be UAB, Charlotte, North Texas. And rice. 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 Oh, we get our buddies rice again. It's always rice, isn't it? Um, but feels it, like it. It feels like it. Um, and then on the road, you'll get Navy, USF, and then um, two uh, what could be uh, pretty big games against UTSA and Tulane on the road. Yeah, I already knew that on Saturday, August 31st, home opener, opening 2024 Little Lifter will be against North Alabama. That will be at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. The following week, Saturday, September 7th, mm-hmm. against Troy. Yeah. We'll wait and see who Troy hires to replace John Summerall. And I think that's advantage to the Tigers sure. with them in a, a coaching change, especially week two. Yeah. And then week three, get to see our old buddy Mike Norvell down that's right. at Dope Campbell Stadium that's right. with the Seminoles. And I think they're going to stay mad forever. Huh. And then Saturday, September 28th, don't – I don't know about Saturday, September 21st. I would imagine one of those conference games will mm-hmm. slide in there. Probably. One of, one, yeah. one of these dates of the opponents that were announced today mm-hmm. when it's the full schedule release. And I think the AAC announced the full schedule release in February today. Uh, yes, I believe so. I would imagine that will be a conference game Saturday, so. September 21st. And Probably. then yeah. back at a conference Saturday, September 28th against Middle Tennessee, and they'll be breaking in mm-hmm. a new coach. Yeah, no, they will. And so, uh, you know, I it's an interesting. Derek Mason. Yeah, Derek Mason, um, which will be fun to see. And, you know, MTSU, a, uh, you know, another team in the state of Tennessee. So that would be fun. But mm-hmm. um, for this uh, for this home slate, I mean, uh, Brett, I, I saw Charlotte on the home schedule. And I'll be honest, that probably doesn't excite a lot of people. 
gets me fired up, Brett. I don't know what I need to do. I need, you know, I need field passes that day. I mean, I need something that day when Charlotte comes to Memphis. I've got to see my guy Biff. I think you can get all that done that day. You might even have a, a whole, well, I was going to say a whole side of a stadium. It's going to be shut down That's next right. year. This will be a challenge to sell be. season no, tickets for. Yeah. The challenge will be, I think what they have to try to do is sell, you got to buy mm-hmm. to go see Memphis. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because next year is go far a year mm-hmm. with Seth Hennigan yeah. and the returning starters. I know the portal has not been kind the last few days, but against this schedule, except for Florida State, we're not talking murderers row at all here. No, we're not, and, and maybe that's a, a great thing that you are bringing back your, you know, will be his fourth year starting quarterback. You're bringing back some weapons around, you know, Blake Watson, you know, should be coming back. Uh, you Rock Taylor sounds like he's coming back, so you're bringing back a lot of weapons offensively. Um, we'll see what, you know, they can bring in defensively, but um, you know, you're, you're definitely going to have to sell, hey, we've got to be all in on the Memphis Tigers, and Brett, what might be a good thing for next year is the, the start and the opportunity of the twelve-team playoff, and maybe you can use mm-hmm. that as a marketing. Project. Yes, you can use that as a marketing department to say, "Look, we have to pack out every single game to give the best environment for this Tiger team, so they can go undefeated at home." Because if you go undefeated, if you win all your conference games, if you have a great season, you could be playing in the college football playoffs. Brian, it's come, it really kind of come full circle for me in my lifetime. And I think it's part of the weariness mm-hmm. slash doting so excessively yeah. on how many people were there, uh, what, uh, you know, what, what was the scan count, uh-huh. what was the ticket sold count. Yeah. For everything we do in town in the full circle aspect of it, the chase now for the Tigers to land in a better conference feels hauntingly mm like the chase for the NFL through most of the 70s. Mm. And 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 always oh you got you got to buy tickets this time. Sure. We got to go to this preseason game on the 28th of July between Atlanta <laughs> and <laughs> Tampa Bay. Right. I, I don't think that was one, but Atlanta was here a, a lot. Right. It really was. Um Atlanta and who did I see? I I, I because uh, Gerald Tinker had played at Memphis State, mm-hmm. was back with Atlanta, and I wanted to go see him play because it was one of the phenomenal athletes of all time right. just to watch him run. He was kick returner for the Falcons. But anyway, but it was always, oh, this is the one. This is mm-hmm. If we packed the stadium this time, and, and then when the stadium was increased from around 52,000 to around 67,000 even, yeah. uh, the, the Tigers and Ole Miss played that Saturday night, and then that Sunday afternoon – was the Chiefs and the Cardinals mm. that, that they played in, and you know we we got to sell it out. If we yeah. sell it out, this is when we're going to get a team. And they were they were toying with us. They would always mm-hmm. pull the floor out from under us. Now, one of the pitches I think for Laird Veach and the marketing department and football is to they, they've got to appeal to that. Yeah. And people are growing weary of it. Yeah, no, they they absolutely are. And and I think I saw a, a story on the commercial appeal. I'm not positive who uh, who wrote the story, but that you know the the Big Twelve was paying attention to Memphis and what they were doing with all of the stadium renovation and and kind of keeping an eye for if and when they they 
choose to expand again. So, I mean, I think it's always going to be there, and I think, you know, that's part of it. And obviously, you know um, a lot better than I do about kind of what went on um, here in Memphis back in, in the 70s when, you know, there was, I guess, that chance, that glimmer of hope that the NFL could come to, to Memphis. But you're right. I mean, it, it just is a, a weird situation, and it just seems like every single year you're kind of back in that, we've got to do this, we got to do that. If we do this, that, and that, then then they're going to come calling, and they're going to finally take us. And it, and now, we, you know, after a long time, countless man hours, millions of dollars, and really just, you know, just laying ourselves threadbare mm-hmm. at the feet of the NFL. Yeah. They were never coming. Right. Yeah, they were never coming and, and you know, decide to play a year here and even get people's uh, excitement up again when they were going to Nashville. I mean, so... Uh, and that was even kind of more abuse yes, we took. Yes. I mean, it was I mean, it was the battered spouse syndrome, mm-hmm. and we, we kept going back for more. And I'm feeling and seeing a lot of this, but then I can say, honestly, you can't get tired now. you got to redouble right. your efforts. This is really the time that you need to buy a season ticket if you can right. afford it. And if you're a sports fan and you love the, the hometown team, because you, you can't take a chance on not doing enough to get left out of the club. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, it's it's kind of that thing of, you know, you you feel like you're right there. You feel like you're right outside and just, you know, one more step and, and you're in the club. But, you know, it, it's hard for, you know, people older than me to think back to the Titans days. But even me, I mean, it, it seems like every time conference realignment is brought up, I get the feeling of this is going to be exactly what happened with with the Big East, and you know you kind of you do enough and you feel like you got there, and then the whole conference collapses, and then it's not even you know uh, looks anything like what it did when Memphis was was first joining it, and so you know it's 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 very very weird, and we've been playing this game for how long now? I mean, three or four years. This kind of dance with the Big Twelve. We even had a Jerry Lewis telethon type hmm. uh, fundraiser rally one time at the Coliseum, and it was uh, it was carried live by Channel Five. Okay, and I see they're celebrating their seventy five year. I think yesterday wow, was exactly seventy five years. That's awesome. You know, on the air for for Channel Five, and it was carried live by them and their big on air personality. A lot of people will remember the name Dick Hawley. Mm. He and and he was master of ceremony. And it was a season ticket, a thon, almost telethon. I like it. And 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 and, and had a tote board, and you know we're at, we're at nineteen thousand, and like if you called in, they'd run your name at the bottom of the screen, and we did for four tickets. I you know that uh-huh. you know, Tommy and Pat and Brett and Tommy Norris were the four in Widener, Arkansas. That's four <laughs> more, and then it, it, it showed the tote board going up, and oh, that's we're at thirty five thousand, oh, and, and the goal awesome. was forty thousand. And then the you know the confetti gun. Why well, we made it to forty thousand, and which 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 was ironic that we got to the target of forty thousand right as the broadcast window was going off oh, at, at, at ten o'clock oh, right before Saturday night channel five and everything. Oh, yeah, I love that. And That's now great. we can go to the studios at nineteen sixty Union for the ten o'clock news. <laughs> it was just so ironic that. We hit That's the forty thousand, coinciding with that. I but, love that. You know, and, and we, we we did all that, and and I was convinced we were getting a team when Tampa and and Seattle got teams. We were, yeah. we, we weren't even close. And then the you know what the Irsays did to us, mm-hmm. and then the you know the final straw of Charlotte and Jacksonville. 
Yeah, no, uh, you're right. I mean, it's it was good. Those years were kind of torturous, and uh, you know, believe me, my uh, my father tells me about it all the time, and uh, it's what kind of started his despise for the Tennessee Titans. I mean, he does not like the Tennessee Titans, and uh, that's a big reason and, why. And, it, and and that year, the, you know, the, the the term, you know, a lot of the cool kids use now, donking on you. They really did come in and donk on us. They sure did. I mean, just. And, and and I was telling people from day one, oh, Bud Adams, he's here for two years, mm-hmm. you know, you know, guaranteed deal. There's no way. To, I said, you think guarantees <laughs> mean anything to Bud uh, Adams? Uh-uh. He's a billionaire West Texas Allman that just welshed and left his hometown of his yep. entire life uh-huh. at the altar with the Houston Oilers. You don't think he would mind yeah. breaking a financial agreement here in Memphis? Uh-huh. You can't be that naive. And, and that's one thing that has gotten us in trouble a lot of years sure. is is kind of the group think naivete. Yeah. And, and, and so, of course, after really after just seven home games, he, 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 he ended the deal. Played the we did play the eighth and final game against the Steelers, but he was saying, "See y'all when we see you. We're playing next year at Vandy. We're yeah. out of here, and we're we're not you know uh, you know going to have the commitment for the second year." Playing next year at Vandy, I love that. <laughs> Vandy couldn't sell beer on campus either. Wow, it was a big financial hit for them. Yeah, real wow. big. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't uh, know that. Brian, you, you want to see something amazing. And, you know, you used to, on these airwaves, uh, people would say it, and I believed it, that you could sell the NFL in Springfield, Missouri. Sure. You could make the NFL work in El Dorado, Arkansas. Right. You could make the NFL work in Amory, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. That year for the Cincinnati Bengals, now they were really bad. Cincinnati Bengals versus the Tennessee Oilers. You know what the box score oh, count no. was? Oh, oh, I can't. And, and, oh, and you know how we can get fancy with yes, box we can. with the box score uh-huh. count? Oh yeah, uh, I can't even. Well, what was it? I'm scared. Seventeen thousand and change. You're kidding. For an NFL, you're game. kidding. Brett, you're pulling my leg. There's no way. I promise you. That's crazy. I promise. That is insane. Uh, opening day didn't have thirty thousand for wow. the Raiders. Wow. That, that's and I, I, I can't I can't blame people that didn't go either. I can't. No, I no. couldn't then. No, not at all. But the the old saw of the NFL would work in right. Pocatello, Idaho. It's just not if you're good and mad over forty years of just of, yeah. of being being mistreated. Yeah, I guess that's true. Speaking of football, um, and, and I'm about to set up the show. We'll get to top and not top story, but I did want to bring this up, and, and I'm curious, both of y'all, it was my first time seeing anything like it. I had to look it up to, to really understand what it was. Um, I, Johnny, I'll start with you. Johnny, have you ever heard of six-man football? No, I haven't. Brett, have you ever heard of six-man football? Not six-man. I've heard of seven-man. This is this was six-man that I was watching today. Okay. It, 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 I had to do some research. Okay. I was watching the Texas High School State Championship game, forgot what division, of six-man football. And Well, that would be the smallest division. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't know they went that low. I, oh, yeah? I know in Alaska they play seven and eight-man. Really? And even in Arkansas there there's an eight-man classification. Really? Wow. Yeah, so mm-hmm. just six-man, you had three linemen, you had a quarterback, and you had two I would just call them athletes because they could really do anything. And total number of men on the team? Oh, ten. 
I mean, that's probably what it was. About it was about yeah. It was about realistically maybe. 15, 20 guys on the sidelines for both teams, I think. I mean, it's, it's, it's barely enough to bust through the paper yeah. of go team, go, yeah. beat whoever. Oh, it, it was, is true. It was thrilling, though. I mean, it was exhilarating stuff because, I mean, it's so tight. The The field is not as I wide. I would say getting the man on the outside is really key in six-man football. Yes, a lot of running the ball. You don't pass the ball much in six-man football. I would say football. the toss sweep would be a toss really sweep, critical uh, play. Is, yeah, is, that is, would and, be. And once you, if you can bust through that line, I mean, daylight. Because right? everyone's, on the everyone's Give on the him line. Give six. Yeah. Um, uh, the the one play I saw two plays, um, and the first one quarterback gets it, turns around, flips it to his running back. The other athlete starts sprinting down the field, and it, he's he's going deep. He's throwing it, and it falls incomplete. Come back the next play, there was a timeout called fourth and long. They run the exact same play to the other side. It works. They get a first down. That's amazing. I mean, it was That's great. Amazing. I think there's That's another amazing. one later tonight that I'll be watching. I mean, six. I gotta football, tune into that, Brian. I'm locked into it. I don't know. I I just learned about it today. It was like made in, during the Great Depression when I, I, teams couldn't field I, teams. I didn't, I didn't know Texas played down to that small. I didn't either. I didn't either. But it was news to me. I saw somebody tweeting about it on on Twitter. I was like, let me see if I can find this. And sure enough, I, I think it was on one of the Bally channels today. And it was it was interesting to find something. Uh, but let me set up today's show. Before we get to top and not top story of the day at 3.30, Chris Gordy, the host of the Locked On SEC podcast, also uh, on 790 Sports Radio in Houston. He's going to join us uh, to talk a lot. We're going to talk a lot of SEC, but Brett, you mentioned it earlier, the Grizzlies in action tonight in Houston uh, against the Rockets. So we got to talk a little bit about the Rockets, a, a good start to the season for them, and uh, we'll see what Chris makes of this season, what he makes of Dylan Brooks, the newest part um, of that Rockets team. So we'll do that at 3.30, 3.45. We'll talk a little bit more about the Grizzlies and the Rockets tonight. Forcock David Cohn, the co-host of Crane and Company, will join us to talk college football. A lot to get to with David. 4.30, um, we'll get to some early NFL, and Brett, it's bowl season. we got to talk about these bowl games on Saturday and get to some of the lines for the weekend. Maybe even touch on some of the games. we got a Monday Monday afternoon game, I believe. Sure do. We a got, Tuesday we'll, night game. We'll pick Monday afternoon, Friday during First National Bank Friday football Heck forecast. Yeah. But Saturday got Myrtle Beach, got mm-hmm. RNL Carriers, New Orleans Bowl. Oh, We've man. both been to that game. Yes, That's a good have. game. Sure is. I uh, got the avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. Okay, I like it. Can't promise I'm going to get the commercial in for every game. Oh, Brett, that, you got to get that corporate sponsor in. I got mean. the LA Bowl. Got the Independence Bowl. We're Love almost it. drowned one time. <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. I mean, full slate. Texas Tech in the game. I've been to an wow. Independence Bowl with Texas Tech in the really? game. Really? That, oh, that wasn't when I almost drowned though. Come on, different time. Air Force Ole Miss is when. Almost drowned, sitting on row thirty-five. Multi-independence bowl visitor. Yeah, I mean, how about that for one how life? About that? How about that for one life? <laughs> multi, multi-trips to Shreveport. Didn't know uh, we. And Shreveport wasn't fun it. then. It's got yeah, casinos yeah, it's, and everything it's, now. It's, it's a blast now, but no, it's uh, it's getting to that time, and we got a full slate of games on Saturday after uh, really no football outside an Ar- Army Navy. Last week, so we'll uh, we'll get to that. How about at two Motor City Bowls I've been to. Here's a special <laughs> really? place in heaven. For somebody oh, that has spent two Christmas uh-huh. nights in Detroit. Oh, man. You're right about that. You're Ole right Miss about Mar- that. No, no, that's not accurate. That's not accurate. Ole Miss uh, Marshall, mm-hmm. I did Christmas night, and then Memphis Akron up mm-hmm. and back same day, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the the day of the game, the 26th of December. Uh, still. But two, two Motor City two, Bulls. Two, two Motor City. One at Silverdome, one at Ford Field. Wow. That's 
fun. How about that? Well, we got to get to a lot of these bowl games at 4.30, so that'll be a lot of fun. 4.45, big number of the day, and I, I feel like i got two pretty good big numbers today, two NBA big numbers um, today that I'm excited about. 5 o'clock, Kevin Sweeney um, from CBB uh, Central and Sports Illustrated. He's going to join us to talk college basketball, and a good day um, to talk college basketball. A lot of Tigers news that we'll have to talk to him about, um, but this story coming out of West Virginia that a judge has ruled a 14-day um, restraining order um, to let two second-year transfers that have been um, sitting out this year uh, eligibility to play. Everybody eligible. Everybody's eligible now, and so everybody can play. Brandon Murray at That's Ole Miss. Right. Yes, so uh, so very interesting uh, news coming out today in college basketball. We'll have to get um, Kevin's thoughts on all of that at 5 o'clock, 5.30. We'll get to what's trending. And at 5.45, we'll wrap up today's show like we always do with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Let me remind you, we're in our Family Leisure Studios where family and fun come together. Family Leisure's Christmas sale, it's on, and they've got excellent deals on pool tables, shuffleboards, and saunas. Are you tired and sore from the shopping? Check out their huge in-stock selection of hot tubs and massage chairs. Surprise the kids with new uh, game arcades, game tables, and play gyms. Gifts for the whole family to enjoy. And also on sale, theater seating, outdoor kitchens and grills, patio furniture, and fire pits. Family Leisure wants to wish your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Family Leisure 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. We are Sports Time. Bryant, Brett, and our great producer, Johnny Hill, and we're with you. Until 6 o'clock, you can join us at 901-360-8255. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and online at LexusofMemphis.com. Great offers on all the 2023 models that remain, the very few that remain, and all the 24s that have taken over the showroom and the whole parking lot at Lexus of Memphis. The one and only Lexus dealership in town. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and a happy 2024 from everyone at Lexus of Memphis to you and yours. Call them at 901-334-9673. Drive in luxury and confidence knowing that every new Lexus comes with complimentary first and second maintenance services. Stop by today at Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway. And put yourself in the driver's seat of the all-new 2024 flagship LS500. You'll be looking, you'll be driving in style. When you purchase a Lexus, you get top-of-the-line engineering and design, and that makes for the luxury driving experience. Online at LexusofMemphis.com. Experience amazing, experience amazing at Lexus of Memphis. Top story of the day. Well, Brett, my top story of the day is what I just mentioned. What we're probably going to talk a lot about with Kevin Sweeney at 5 o'clock. This ruling from a West Virginia judge uh, giving a restraining order um, to Raekwon Battle, who took the stand today. He talked a lot about why he decided to go to West Virginia. He's posted videos on Twitter, um, on all sorts of social media. West Virginia um, has been posting stuff to their social media accounts about why he deserves eligibility this season. He um, rewarded it. He said there's a 14 day restraining order where he can play and from my knowledge everyone that was there everyone that was covering this closely was saying that this was just for West Virginia and just a very small part of West Virginia in fact but it kind of you know, took over after that, and now the NCAA has come out and said that all players, uh, second-year transfers, um, will be eligible. And so it's a, a very interesting twist, as you know, we're 
10, 11 games in for some teams into the season. We're getting ready to start conference play, and now the news that a lot of these rosters, a lot of these rotations could be uh, changing as early as tonight for some of these teams. I know McNeese State, they're very excited. Um, They're getting uh, Will Wade back tonight. They had at least two or three players I saw that are second-year transfers. So, you know, it it still feels like People are kind of confused on what this means, what what actually happened today in college basketball, and hopefully we can get some clarity on um, this entire thing at 5 o'clock when we talk to Kevin Sweeney, but it could be a massive day in college basketball because we could be seeing a whole, I mean, long list, longer than Santa's naughty and nice list of players that now, I, I guess, are eligible to play for their teams. And a lot of compliance offices scared to give the real green light yep. because if this got overruled, mm-hmm. then the prospect of playing oh, an yeah. ineligible player, mm-hmm. and boy, doesn't the NCAA love to set you up in some old yes, bogus three-card money scam mm-hmm. like that. And, and, and they would love to ensnare a lot of people in that I can't wait <laughs> till we have the complete, utter collapse oh, of the NCAA. My top story, NFL knows what it's doing. All the open dates are done. Now, this week, 16 games. Everybody plays Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. And every game, there's at least one team in all those games really involved in the playoff picture. I'm not talking any periphery stuff of if you stand on your right leg and the other team loses by 91 and six other teams tie, you'll be in the playoffs. No, it's direct linkage to the playoffs for at least one team. The closest thing to a throwaway game is 4-9 Washington in the last days of Ron Rivera Mm -hmm. as head coach at L.A. in the 6-7 Rams. But the Rams are currently the 8th seed. How throwaway is that? The intrigue abounds in the NFL heading into Week 15. Not top story of the day. Well, Brett, my not top story of the day is the Grizzlies are back in action tonight down in Houston. Another shot at Dylan Brooks. It didn't go uh, very well the first time these two teams met in Houston, but they'll do it again tonight after uh, we saw Taylor Jenkins really uh, go all in on his team during a timeout, and and it was very heated. There were a lot of videos that came out on social media of what looked like him ripping his team during a timeout. How will his team respond um, in the game following against their old teammate on the road? Can they pull out a win against this Houston team? And and they're going to see this Houston team right back in Memphis Friday night for the first Dylan Brooks return game um, of the season. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting tonight. I'm, I'm curious to see. Um, it looked like all was fun with Dylan Brooks before, early before the first game. You know, he came out early. I think Jaron and some of the guys came out earlier, and they were all buddy-buddy, you know, hanging out. But then right when those, pre- those pregame warm-ups started, Dylan Brooks locked in. He gave that stare that we that he, you know, I just can't made out of nowhere this season where he just kind of stares into no man's I'm land terrified. trying to get locked in. Will we see that again tonight? What will these two teams look like? You know, we'll, we'll see in just a couple hours. We will. My not top story, Grizzlies in Houston versus Dylan the villain. Yeah. Every single villainous player through the years on opposing teams, mm-hmm. have they've really been able to get to or have gotten to the Grizzlies. Yep. Think about it through the years. Chris Paul and the Clippers. Yep. He got right under our skin, didn't he? Sure did. I mean, just cut right quick. Steven Adams, our good buddy now. Yeah. But when he was in Oklahoma City, even Goofy Pat Bev with Minnesota, <laughs> and now the goofiest reindeer of them all, That's right. uh, DB, playing tonight <laughs> for the Houston Rockets. They smoked the Grizzlies by 20 in the previous meeting. 
five-and-a-half-point underdog the Grizzlies are tonight in Houston. Whew. We'll see what happens. We'll talk more about that game a little bit later. We'll actually talk to Chris Gordy in our next segment a little bit about that game. So I'll do it for top and not top story. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk SEC. We'll talk about this game tonight with Chris Gordy. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And joining us now from Houston, he's the host of the Locked on the SEC podcast, also uh, on Sports Talk 790 down in Houston. Chris Gordy joins us now. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. I, I know we want to talk a lot of SEC, but let's start with tonight's game down in Houston, the Rockets versus the Grizzlies. What do you expect to see tonight? The Rockets have, have been playing uh, really well to start the season. What do you expect tonight at home? I think Brett said earlier they're about five, five and a half point favorite. How do you think tonight's game goes? Yeah, I expect the Rockets to win. That's all they do yeah. at home is That's win. Right. I mean, they just they, they take out they take out the trash, and the Memphis starting to look a little bit like trash <laughs> this year. I don't know what's going on with you guys over there. I know I know Jaws out, but man, the the Marcus Smart trade. What's going on with oh, that? Man. No, it's. Now, now it's, come on, uh, Chris. It's the holiday season. Don't go in too deep on us in the first forty seconds. No, it's 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 crazy. I mean, this this Rockets team it's it's night and day from what they've been the last two years. Mm-hmm. And look, I I, I say this to no dis, disrespect. Stephen Silas is one of the nicest human beings you will ever meet. No doubt. But he just was not cut out to coach. You know, it was it was like oil and water. It was just not a good situation with all these young guys. Ime Odoka has been a home run hire and then some. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see why so many people wanted this guy. And uh, Rockets really locked out in getting him. And uh, it's it's just it's, it's amazing how quickly this team has turned around with just the additions of Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. And Brooks has brought that that defensive bulldog mentality. And they're they're very. Uh, I think somebody said you know yesterday there was a report that if they stay on this pace, it will be the the biggest turnaround ever in NBA history from a team being as poorly as they were defensively last year to actually being a good defensive team this year. (laughs) So um, it's been a lot of fun. But, no, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, this this is the game I think the the Rockets need to win because they've won 10 in a row at home, and they finally won their first road game of the season last Friday in Denver. But, um, you know, they've just struggled on the road for whatever reason. So they're about to go on a three-game road trip after this, so they, they need to find a way to win this one. And Chris, you're right. The, the the Rockets really stumbled into being able to get Imeadoka, almost the, the 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 Lane Kiffin of the NBA. I mean, Ole Miss never, you know, it never gets Lane Kiffin or Chris Beard without some you know crazy circumstances around it. And the Rockets, they seized on it and they went out and got him. Did it go over well with the Rockets fans? How did it go over over y'all's airways? With him, him talk. You think you came on talking, talking stuff? <laughs> he was talking stuff to LeBron James last week. Oh yeah, but but people love that. I mean, they oh, you yeah. know it's it's it, they they want the guy that 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 talks back. I mean, we had a guy like sure. that years ago, Pat and Patrick Beverly, and obviously you guys had Dylan Brooks. I mean, when that mm-hmm. guy is good, 
and uh, you know, and, and, and talking trash, you love him. I mean, look at Draymond. Before he used to throw punches, he used to just be a trash talker, and yeah. everybody loved that. You know, at least Golden State loved it. So, uh, no, I mean, it's he's been he's been everything you want, and then some. We they did a uh, an unveiling yesterday of the new uh, practice facility that they're that they're yeah. building. Tillman Fertitta is paying, I think, seventy million dollars to build this uh, this facility that's basically going to be their home away from home. I mean, they will. Starting next summer, that's when they plan to open this thing. They're going to have all their practices and film sessions and everything at this new facility. And they'll basically only go over to Toyota Center for just the games. And I know some other NBA teams have kind of moved in that direction. But, uh, it's look, they're, they're investing the money. Tillman, you know, being the owner of the team, he invested the money that it took to, to pay Ime Adoka. They had to pay more than maybe they wanted to to go get him. But that those are the commitments you got to make to to, to be relevant and, and, and attract free agents and all that sort of thing. And so... Yeah, it's look. It's been the doldrums ever since James Harden left here in Houston, and, and you know it's been you know you go to sports bars and people the last two years didn't even have Rockets games on. They didn't care. Um, so it's it's fun that they're finally actually competitive this year, and you know, hopefully they can stay above five hundred. And it's always fun to talk to our friend Chris Gordy, who hosts Locked On the SEC, proud LSU Tiger. So another LSU Heisman Trophy winner Saturday night with Jaden Daniels, and and I, I have voted now for. Five Heisman trophies. My votes have been Burrow, Mac Jones, Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, and Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels was the easiest vote I've ever cast, Chris. <laughs> well, you're you're about a thousand there, right? I mean, no, no I, I missed on there. Mac. Uh, Devonte won. Oh, you missed on Mac. Okay, yeah. all right. So you're you're still pretty good. Um, no, it, it was a weird year because you know there, you know, somebody was asking about Jaden Daniels. They they were like, what was this Heisman moment or? What was the, his biggest win? Well, I mean, the biggest win was on the road at Missouri. We just didn't know it at the time that mm-hmm. Missouri was going to be as good as they were. Uh, you know, a couple of the runs in the Florida game where he just outran every defender from Florida made you go, okay, wow, that's, that's one for the highlight reel. But it really was just an encapsulation of his entire season. And where, where we get lost in this social media age is, you know, we just look at outcomes, right? Like, they lose three games and everybody's, ah, well, you lost three games, you can't win the Heisman. Well, no, no, no. LSU's having one of the historically one of the worst defenses they've ever had. I mean, I thought it was the worst we ever saw a couple of years ago when they brought back Bo Pelini in 2020. But Matt House, I, I still don't understand how Matt House is still employed today. Brian Kelly is going to need a, uh, a psychological exam if he keeps Matt House on his staff next year because uh, he was a terrible defense coordinator this year. And, and granted, they were missing some of their Jimmys and Joes out there, but um, – it was historically bad. If LSU even had an average defense this year, they would be undefeated right now playing in the full, in the in the playoffs because of Jaden Daniels and how good this offense was. Um, it's just it, it stinks because it's almost it's tarnished a little bit because yeah they lost a couple of games along the way. But you know let's not act like their offense wasn't scoring at will for you know three quarters in Tuscaloosa before mm-hmm. you know Dallas Turner knocked them out of the game. You know in, in Oxford. They were going toe to toe with Ole Miss. They just couldn't get a stop to save their lives. The punters didn't even didn't even enter the field. Uh, and then the first the game week one against Florida State, you know, they stalled out a couple drives in the in the red zone, um, you know, because they were trying to do too much. But they were missing Logan Diggs, the starting running back in that game, and we saw what a difference maker he was down the stretch of the season. But point being, every week, week in and week out, Jaden Daniels brought his A game and showed up and showed out. And you know, again, you can't hold it against him that his defense was god awful. Um, because if they were just an, even a little bit better and could get it, you know, just get a stop here and there, we're talking about an undefeated LSU team right now. 
Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Well, there is one SEC team in the college football playoffs, and I think if you had asked a lot of people in, what, week three, week four, um, nobody would have thought Alabama would be in the college football playoffs. But after beating Georgia in the SEC championship game, they're there. Uh, What did you make of that performance by Alabama in that SEC championship game, dethroning Georgia? Well, it was it was an incredible performance. It was it was one where you know all the talk of Kirby as as dethroned Saban and Georgia as the king of the SEC. It mm-hmm. makes us all kind of go back to our notes and go, all right, well, <laughs> are we sure we want to commit to that? Because yeah. uh, you know that that Nick Saban guy, he still knows a thing or two mm-hmm. about coaching, and we saw we saw adjustments made at halftime. We saw uh, you know intensity played by their, their linebackers that we really hadn't seen played all year. Uh, it was just an all all in all you know, great performance that Alabama had. And Georgia, for the first time, they got punched in the mouth and didn't know how to respond. I mean, I, I haven't seen that from Georgia all year. Now, we'll say, I got to interview Brock Bowers last week and ask him about it. He's not 100% healthy, right? I mean, he, he came back from that tightrope surgery, and he's a step slower. We saw that. They get the ball to him out in space, and, he, you know, normally Brock Bowers breaks away and beats everybody, and, and Bama caught him. Um, same thing with Lad McConkey. He was playing through injury. I mean, the guy was like, he would catch a pass and then limp off the field. Now, now part of that is blame to, to Kirby Smart. Look, I get these are your two best players, but if they're hurt, don't play them. You got Rara Thomas. You got Dominic Lovett. You got other dudes. Throw the ball to them. I just thought they became too reliant on, you know, Bowers and Lad McConkey who were injured. And then, you know, when Bama was stopping the run, which again, nobody has stopped George's run game all year, they didn't know how to respond. They didn't know what to do. And so, again, Incredible uh, coaching performance from, from Saban, and I just can't get a read on this Bama team. I mean, hmm. I, you know, somebody said, oh, they've gotten better all year long. Well, no, they didn't. At Auburn, they were not good. They they needed the miracle That's of right. all miracles to pull that one out. So uh, I saw them struggle against a pretty good Auburn defense. So um, I, I cannot get a good read on what, what team is going to show up against Michigan. I mean, we know the mantra is Saban, give him time to prepare, and he's going to show up and his team's going to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how good this Michigan team is because they haven't been tested. Outside of Ohio State, they haven't played anybody. So, you know, they could be really good and they could beat Alabama, and I'll give them, I'll give them credit, you know, till the end of the earth. But I have no idea what we're going to get in that game. And Vegas, by the way, doesn't know what we're going to get. I mean, they, they couldn't get a read on this Bama team. They had them as a two-touchdown favorite Auburn, and, and it took a miracle to even pull out the win. So, um, you know, this is going to be a fascinating game. I'm I'm really surprised that Michigan. You know, they've opened as a favorite and kind of hung tight as or hung tough as a favorite around a point point and a half. Um, I'll be curious to see what it is by kickoff. But you know, again, if you told me Michigan came out and they and they run the football with Blake Corum and uh, you know Bama's defense is is not playing great and the offense turns the ball over, I would believe it. And you know, I'd also believe an Alabama route and that you know Jalen Milrow plays one of his best games of the year and. Michigan gets uh, ousted as a fraud because they didn't play anybody all year. So uh, can't get a good read on it yet, but uh, I'll uh, I'll dive deeper into the numbers when we get closer. Chris, almost, I bet you encounter the same thing. I get almost daily someone, hey, big big announcement coming out of Tuscaloosa. Saban family powwow, uh, Coach Saban weighing the pros and cons of going forward. <laughs> it's almost like, it's the end of the dynasty when it's on the field, but then when Alabama wins, it's Coach Saban getting ready to retire. And then I see him recruiting at Chattanooga Baylor and being treated like the president of the United States showing up <laughs> on campus and they're doing everything but playing hell to the chief to him. Yeah, no doubt. And look, it's funny. I say all the time, you know, I host the Locked on SEC podcast. 
we got one fan base that absolutely idolizes him and, and, and worships the, the ground that he walks on. And I got 13 other fan bases, soon to be 15 other fan bases, that will all throw a party the day that man announces his retirement. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's just funny. I mean, you know, if you're a fan of Alabama, you enjoy it, you love it, you soak up all the years that he's there. But, my God, I mean, you know, we, we go back to the history. I mean, you know, Les Miles would have had at least one more national championship, if not two more, if Saban had, had not come to the SEC. We're talking about, you know, maybe Gus Malzahn has another championship in the pipe. Uh, just the course of uh, history, urban. you know, maybe – yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe even Mark Stew or, or Mark Rick, you know, mm-hmm. maybe would have won a title at Georgia had Saban not been in the in the conference. It's just he's he's dominated, but he's been a thorn in the side of everybody else mm-hmm. to the detriment of everybody else in the conference. I mean, it's funny they win the SEC championship last week, guys, and they they go ah ho hum, let's move on. I mean, there are programs in the conference in the SEC that would they they would hang banners and celebrate oh, an yeah. SEC championship like you know that have never gotten there before. For Bama, eh, it's just another trophy yeah. for the trophy case. Yeah, just throw it yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I know Peter Burns threw it out there a couple weeks ago and said, what if, you know, what if he does win, the, you know, beats Michigan and then beats Texas or Washington and wins another championship? Would he take a step back and go, you know what, I can't do any better than what I've done. I've got the most titles ever. I've, you know, I'm already climbing up that the all-time wins list. It may, maybe it's time to, to, to just call it a day. Um, and I, you know, I would otherwise I would say no. That that wouldn't creep into his mind if it weren't for all this advent of NIL mm-hmm. uh, transfer portal. There are so many headaches now for these coaches. I know the older coach, Mac Brown, has talked about it at, at North Carolina, and I'm sure Saban has probably talked about it behind closed doors. How much longer do you want to do this? Where not only do you have to go out and recruit and sign an early signing day class, and then come back around for the other signing day in February and lock up that class. But you got to every offseason re-recruit every single guy on your roster and talk them into, hey, need you to stick around and come back next year. That, that takes a toll. So, again, I know he's got an amazing staff and tons of people that, that take care of a lot of the day-to-day for him on that front. But I can easily see Saban go, look, one or two more rings, and let's mm-hmm. call it a thing a day. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he could go out there and win it this year, that'd be a, a great way to wrap up a, an unbelievable and, legacy. And if, if it were against Texas – that would be full circle from the first one in '09 at the Rose Bowl Stadium to this one, and that would that would be in Houston. And I'm sure you'll be there, Chris, at the game. But it would be full circle from first national championship at Bama to last one against Texas if he stepped away. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it avenges their one loss on the season, right? So it, it makes would, the season yeah. that much Checks more a lot special. Of and, and and the whole Obi Wan Kenobi, you know how good he's been against his former assistant. Uh-huh. You know he holds that edge over Kirby. What four and one now against Kirby? Um, you know Sark is the only guy to break through and beat him. Well, he would send the backpack and going. Well, I beat you when it mattered most. So uh, yeah, all that would be on the line. And by the way, guys, I did beat somebody with the college football playoff uh, crew here yesterday in Houston. They said, look, they they can't really root for teams, but mm-hmm. they just said if Texas and Alabama are the rematch in the championship. Tickets will be going for five times the face value of what they're worth. So you, you can charge to, easy to easy to you, know you, who they're rooting for over there. <laughs> and, and the hotel people could charge whatever they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you guys want to rent my house out, I'll, I'll you know three thousand. We'll call it a day. You got it. Well, we'll have to do that. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Let's do Thank this again you, Chris. Soon. Yeah, anytime, guys. And uh, yeah, just go check out Locked on SEC. We got that interview up there with Brock Bowers from a couple days ago. Really tremendous young guy who. So today he's uh, fourth in a mock draft overall in, in the NFL draft. Wow. So wish him the Good best deal. of luck. We Absolutely. will, Chris. Thank you Thanks, so Chris. much, Chris. 
Chris Gordy with us from down in Houston, locked on the SEC, and also at 790 Sports Radio in Houston, and a great, great guest. And, Brad, I, I, you you got to think the Texas people won't – they don't want to play Bama no, in a rematch. No, no. As good as as good as uh, Michigan is, I think they would say, uh, "Please, yes, we would love to play Michigan in the championship game." And you know, Bama wants Texas. Oh yeah, easily, easily, ba- badly. I, I I would say, but the, mm-hmm. be careful with Twitch far. The whole hard to beat a team twice. I, I don't think it is. I mean, look at Washington over Oregon. That's right. Yeah, we've seen it. I mean, you ha- you have that confidence of knowing I did it once. And, I can do it again, yeah. And if it's Texas and Bama in Houston, even with the Bama popularity, that would be a decided oh, lo- Longhorn, Bernhard's house, no, no doubt about it. Just Place Grill wishes everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday season. They've been doing this celebrating over 100 years at Jim's Place, whether downtown or now out e- out east in Collierville at the railroad tracks. Celebrations, family time, lasting memories, those special occasions. They've been there all these years for us and with us, the Terrace family, with their touch for our community. Recipes that date back to the beginning in downtown to now in Collierville at the railroad tracks at Poplar and Houston Levy. Online at jimsplacegrill.com. Don't forget the E in grill. Every steak grilled perfectly over an open flame. Come to Jim's Place and taste and see and feel the difference. Lunch hours, Monday through Friday, 11A to 2 p.m. Dinner hours, Monday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9.30. Perfect dinner hours, Saturday night after the Tigers and Clemson head out to Jim's Place Grill for the holiday, for a holiday occasion and the good times. All the TVs in the bar area are always on sports, and it feels so good, and it's a lot of fun. Since 1921, a Memphis landmark. Hard work, values, dedication to their diners. The Terrace family, they've created a memorable dining experience that you will always remember. The lunch menu, the staples like the souffle ma, the shrimp cocktail, crab cakes, the salad dressings, all homemade and then at dinner, the soups, the seafood, the calamari, and those steaks that they're famous for. Strips, ribeyes, fillets. Great bar area at Jim's Place Grill in Collierville. Come and t- see and taste and feel the difference at Jim's Place Grill. Well, let's get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about tonight's game between the Rockets and the Grizzlies. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And we just got done talking to Chris Gordy. He's down in Houston, and the Grizzlies are in action tonight in Houston against the Rockets. And Brett, I knew that this Rockets team had been really good at home. I did not realize that their first road win of the season came on Friday. That was news to me that Chris said that. So they've been really, really good. I don't good. know that I knew that either. I, I didn't know it. I'll be, no, I'll in be fact, honest. I know I didn't know it. I didn't know. I knew they were really good at home. I've seen their home record. Mm-hmm. I knew it was really good. And that is going to be the issue for the Grizzlies tonight. This Grizzlies team has, has really struggled. I mean, you know, say whatever you want People about are feasting why. on the Grizzlies. They, they really are. And for a young team, Brett, this 
when you look at, and it's so, it's so weird because I remember having conversations with not just one person, multiple people last year that would say, look at the Detroit Pistons and look at the Houston Rockets. The Detroit Pistons are not good. Neither team are good. But the Detroit Pistons, at least they're playing hard. They're playing defense. They're playing, you know, they're, they're trying out there. Houston's not doing that. Well, Houston makes a change, um, and uh, look at what they're doing this year. They add veterans. I think that's the biggest thing is they added two veterans to this roster of young players, and they have played much better this season than anything they did last year. They're playing defense, um, and, and they look really good, and this is going to be a tough game for the Grizzlies tonight. Remember, late in the year last year, I saw the Grizzlies against the Rockets, and the next day I was talking about, or the next show, it might have been you know, Monday after a weekend, I was talking about the Houston and the young pieces offensively, yeah. and you made the point. Go, yeah, but what about on defense? Mm-hmm. I mean, on offense, they they all wanted to shoot. Oh yeah. Well, they they got some veteran presence. They got a great coach, and 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 they they've got some hope for the future. You yeah. mentioned the Pistons tonight. They play Ooh. losers of twenty in a row. Tonight, the Spurs play losers oh, of 17 in a row. Wow. We're working on 37 combined. That almost was my big number, but I got That's one better great. than that. That's a great – that would have been a great big number. I'm, I'm curious. It's I, still going to be 37, but oh, a different connotation. Oh, wow. How about that? How about um, that? How many times you get to work 37? Uh, very good point. Um, let's see. Well, and I want to ask you something, too, John, uh, 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 Brian. I'm sorry. Did I hear a commercial? Of John Tamar at a remote with a machine gun? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Yes, I'll sleep um, great tonight then. Yeah, a little peek behind the, uh, the, the radio curtain. Um, John went out, um, to this place and, uh, and had lunch there last week and, you know, used yeah. the range just to, you know, get familiar with everything before That's his remote. Great. Um, and came back. Johnny was here when he came back because he came back right before the start of our show and was full on screaming in the hallway how much fun he had had showing us pictures. <laughs> yes. That'll us, be fun tomorrow. Telling us that people were, were challenging his shooting skills and that he had to show and prove, <laughs> um, his aim. Yeah. It's going to be, look, I'm telling you, if um, you know, Brett, we're going to be at Sissy's Log Cabin on Friday, and and I hope no, no machine guns, no machine no, guns, no, no, no. no, a lot of great jewelry, no machine guns. Yeah. But I'm telling you, come to ours on Friday. But if you have time, lunch time tomorrow, you got to get out and, and go see Johnny. Um, not this Johnny, the quite, other Johnny. Quite the uh, contrast in remotes Thursday uh-huh. to Friday. Isn't it sure it? is. It sure. And both of them are going to be great. Fun Brett. fact, though, be, Brian. Fun fact, Brian. Did you remember what he said? He said. People were thinking that he did uh, like was a part of the Marine yeah, or the were, Army. People were thanking him for his service. And, yeah, they uh, were thanking him for his service. Uh, Johnson, no, no. I, okay, I believed everything up to uh-huh, now. Yeah, he came back and he said, "Some, uh, I was shooting so well, somebody came up and asked what branch of the military." <laughs> yeah, he I was said a part that. Of. I was there. All right, John. I was there. All right. You have you ever shot it? Have you ever shot a gun, Brian? Uh, yes, I have once. Um, uh, no machine gun. Though. No machine gun. No, it's just a pistol. Just um, shotgun for me. Yeah. I may have fired a rifle too. No, I don't know if I've ever fired a rifle. Yeah, I just uh, shotgun. Shot a pistol, and um, I, I don't think I've ever shot a pistol. Yeah, um, first time, and um, it was quickly taken out of my hands, and said, "Yep, we're not doing that again." So yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't trust myself. I don't, uh-uh. I don't know what I'm. But I, but it's a lot of fun sure. for a lot of people, yeah, and this is a good way to go and learn how to do it correctly in a, in a safe environment. That you know they they John was my, telling me my, about both it. of my parents passed, and my brother and sister in law. Mm. Everybody went but me and passed a gun safety class. That's awesome, it's 
And, and, and I think it is, is really yeah. smart for people that want to do that. No, it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. John's going to be out on remote. I'm hoping um, we can find a, a, a quiet area for John to set up tomorrow. I mean, I, I feel like <laughs> a place like that is probably pretty loud. Um, so, uh, John, John can make he can make the public library loud. Yes, so. that's very true. That is very true. So we shouldn't That'd have to be worry fun. about that. That will be fun tomorrow. Um, hopefully Grizzlies Rockets is fun tonight down in Houston. We'll have to see um, tonight at 7 o'clock. But let's go ahead uh, and get to a break. When we come back, we're talking more college football with David Cohn. 